Hi, this is Scott Kahn. Starting on Monday, October 14th, David and I will be off because of the holiday of Sukkot, Tabernacles. However, we'll be back with brand new episodes of Morning Drive Bible beginning on Wednesday, October 23rd. Our first topic when we get back will be the golden calf. There's lots of great stuff to discuss, so make sure you don't miss it. In the meantime, enjoy these classic episodes of Morning Drive Bible. Chag Sameach. Enjoy the holiday. This podcast teaching is an honor of Glenda and Brad Pius out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you very much for sewing in and committing yourselves to my work in Jewish Christian relations. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. Thank you, David. Good morning. It is amazing here in Jerusalem today. Why is it amazing? It's always amazing in Jerusalem. No, but, you know, sometimes you wake up and you say, I can't believe I'm living in this country. I do that all the time. I look around and I just say, I cannot believe that after 2,000 years, I have the merit to live with my family in Israel. I was born in Boston, and now I'm living in Jerusalem? I'm living in Israel? What an amazing experience. Exactly. So... We really like, like thank God that we're in living this a privileged time to just be in the land of Israel and be able to have our relationship with our Christian brothers and sisters out there to build up our relationship together. And we always say that our podcast's mission is very simple. We're getting into the soul of God. Which is a very heavy thing to say. Yeah. But I think a- it's so important, David. You know why? You're talking about waking up in the morning, looking around and seeing that we're here in the Holy Land. We're here in Israel. We're here in Jerusalem. And it's the kind of thing that when you think about it and you actually stop and smell the roses and get a feel for what this is, it's amazing. But day-to-day life, you're taking care of the kids, you're making your coffee, you're going to work, you're getting gas, you're buying your groceries. You forget the miraculous nature of what everyday life really is all about. Yeah. So experiencing it. Experiencing it. And thinking about, we're talking about the soul of God here. Yeah. It is the right way to go. Exactly. If I can promote ourselves. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We can do that. If we take off where we left off. You talked about the three steps towards intimacy. That we were going to talk about in our podcast today, but that was the cliffhanger. Right. That we left off. You didn't give me the three steps. I didn't give you the three steps. So I've been left waiting for almost 24 hours trying to figure out what these three steps are. Number one, generosity. Generosity. Number two, dignity. Dignity. And number three, sanctity. Generosity, dignity, and sanctity. Yes. Is this another one of those semantic things that you drive me crazy with? Yes. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love the what? expression. I love the expression when Scott is just hearing this. I feel like it'd be like the three secrets to life. The three secrets to life are this and this and this and that. A good bullpen. <laughs> Is is this where we're going with this? Come on. No, no. If you want to achieve... Generosity, dignity, and sanctity. Tell me what that means, Because you want to achieve oneness at the end of the day. That's the biblical paradigm. Right. We said in Genesis chapter 2, God describes the man and woman coming together as husband and wife in a sense of oneness, one flesh. And how do you achieve oneness? If I originally am a man, and I'm about me, and I'm going to have a relationship with the woman, and she's about herself, and we're going to become this husband and wife together, how are we going to make marriage work? And you said it's all about not being about something. Right. Marriage is about not something. About nothing. About nothing. Uh, Nothing with a capital N. Marriage is about looking at the nothing. Looking at the nothing, that we literally disappear into one another. 
But in so doing, we become better versions of ourselves. Correct. And this is the model of what God intended for the world. The same way that a husband and wife withdraw themselves in order to achieve this oneness, God withdrew himself, so to speak, from the world in order to allow the world to have a relationship with him, allowing the world and God to achieve a sense of oneness too. Correct. So what are these three things? What do they mean? So generosity. It's about what we call in Hebrew chesed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can have generosity of money, generosity of space, generosity of time, and generosity of words. Okay. All right. Often, we see marriages based upon where one spouse is very, very busy and tells the other spouse, listen, I have no time for you, but here's some money and go spend it, whatever makes you happy. Right? Okay. Generosity of money, but not generosity of of time. So what kind of generosity are you referring to? You for need all, all of these generosities to come together in order for this oneness to happen, this intimate moment to happen as the goal of biblical marriage. Now wait, you can't be saying, David, that I have to always give all of my time to my spouse because that's not a realistic desire. Meaning as much as I would want to do so, I do have to go to work. My wife has things she has to do as well. We all have things we have to do. There's no way I can give everything to her at every single moment. Isn't that true? That is true. But I think you said something in the first podcast, the second podcast, you have sanctified time with your wife every morning. That's right. From 8 o'clock, from 8.30, you are sitting with a cup of coffee and you are conversing with your wife. You have made time with your wife. I'm actually honored. You're like the only person who ever listens to me. So, <laughs> like, you remember I said I, that? I feel... I'm not talking uh, to the wall? You're not talking to the wall. I think that's very, very important that you do set time in order to go ahead and bring oneness together. So it's dedicating it's time. It's dedicating time. Dedicating money, dedicating Thinking, other things that create our sense of generosity. Right. And there are times where we have to actually give space to our spouse. There will be arguments because we are different people. And a lot of times, I think, especially with the men, we like to come in and fix things. And we want to say, okay, what's wrong? And we're going to go ahead and solve it. And sometimes you can't solve it. You need to allow whatever is festering for the person to have the time to deal with it. And it's not only that. I think very often as men, I agree, we want to fix it. And our wives may be telling us there's this following problem, but they're not telling it to us so that we can fix it. They're trying to communicate. The goal of the communication is not for us to fix it, but to listen. That's giving her her space. Exactly. We tend to be like Tim Allen from Home Improvement mm. with our tool belt around us in order to go ahead and fix things because we're programmed. That's what a man does. We fix things. And no, in a Do you fix things in your house? No, I actually contract people out. <laughs> <laughs> so beyond money and time, there's generosity of words. Yeah, because a lot of times we don't often say, you, I love. We say, I love you. I love you. but it's about me. Right, which is about me, but only more so. And like a lot of times we often are so nice to other people outside of the marriage, and we're not nice to our spouses, the way we speak to our spouses. You know, there's a TV show on now called A Million Little Things. I don't know if you've heard of it. It just came out. It's a new show. I'm not going to review the show right now, but part of the underlying theme of the show is there's a guy who committed suicide named John, who's everybody's best friend. And it's slowly coming out over the course of the various episodes that he isn't quite what he always said he was, in particular within his marriage. Meaning, even though everybody else sees John as always being there, his wife said, we haven't really been married for two years already. So that's what you're talking about. Yes, I am. And I actually saw there's a great show called The Prophet. 
not P R O P H E T, but P R O F I T. Money. Money. Profit. Profit. So there's this person who goes at, who's very rich and helps out small businesses to recover either from Is it a reality um, show? It's a reality show. Uh. He went into a particular business that actually was making a lot of money, but he was figuring he can make more money. But the husband was definitely marginalizing the wife's contributions. And every time she was speaking, he would interrupt and bring the conversation back to him. Ooh. And if you pay attention, a lot of times in certain marriages, that is the case. And that's lacking generosity that's in words. That's like, lacking generosity in words. Uh-huh. Okay. But generosity in words obviously has to reflect a feeling inside. And sometimes that generosity in words can create that feeling inside. Exactly. By doing that, you start to think like that. Perfect. There we go. So to sum up, for the first category of trying to achieve oneness and intimacy between husband and wife, the ideal paradigm of marriage is generosity of money, generosity of space, generosity of time, and generosity of words. So that's number one. Number one. Next time, in our next podcast, we'll deal with the other two categories of dignity and sanctity. I can't wait. My wife especially can't wait. <laughs> this is David Nekrutman. I'm Scott Kahn. And this is Morning Drive Bible. Shalom from Israel.